And then we have like uh, vendors, what we call vendors or SDK vendors. They provide a solution like analytics platform. One could be Google Analytics, but there are many more. Messaging, hosting solution for mobile apps uh, like Firebase or, or other solution. Monetization. Uh, monetization, they are all the ad network that help developers to make money by showing advertisement. Also part of that, there are uh, game engine and attribution networks. So there are a lot of vendors that help uh, the developers, though the publisher, making these apps, developing. A developer cannot build every single feature. So uh, that's where we come into place. Project A Podcast. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Project A podcast. Today we have another founder of a portfolio company as as a guest, um, Andrea. Andrea from Forty Two Matters from Switzerland, um, and uh, they are also um, in in the B two B space, in, in the tech space, uh, or in the app analytics space to be more more precise. But Andrea, it would be great if you could tell us a little bit. I mean, you you. You've been around in our portfolio, or you've been around uh, for quite some time, and you've also been in our portfolio for quite some time. But probably you tell our listeners um, who you are and what is the company you founded. Yeah, thanks, Florian, for having me today. Uh, so it's a pleasure, and hopefully we can uh, clarify a bit what app intelligence is and what we do at 42 Matters. Uh, but before that, yeah, uh, my name is Andrea. I'm one of the co-founders. And of 42 Matters, I'm the CEO of the company. Originally, I'm from Italy. So um, I remember I came to, to Switzerland uh, to, to, let's say, uh, continue my academic career. I was uh, studying computer science, uh, focused mainly on software engineering and mobile development. That was my, let's say, uh, passion and, uh, you know, my, my focus during the studies. And as I said, moved to Zurich. And uh, I ended up like funding a company and uh, like an IT startup. Um, and uh, I remember the time was more like uh, still a B2C product. So that was very uh, different from, from what we do now. Uh, of course, I have all other hobbies like, you know, uh, when I don't uh, focus on app intelligence, I, I, I like motorbikes. Uh, but this gives also sometimes some nice, nice peace of mind to to think about other things and also to see what, how can we uh, release new, new, new product, new feature to our uh, clients, our customers. So, yeah, that's a bit uh, about myself. Of course, um, when, I, when I came to Switzerland, we were, uh, you know, I, I was alone. And what triggered me to really uh, found a company was mainly uh, the team. So I, I met uh, what it happened to be my, my co-founders at that time. Uh, Ivan, Andreas, and Bo. Uh, we were four founders from four different countries, uh, China, Bulgaria, Italy, and, and Germany. And, and that was give me really the, 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 the energy or the, the, the trigger to, to say, okay, let, let's start this together. And, uh, you know, uh, at that time was, was still... And you guys met at, at ETH, right? Exactly, ETH. yeah. We met mm -hmm. uh, at, at ETH. Uh, me and Andreas, we were in the same chair, uh, university chair, of information management. Ivan um, was um, uh, a researcher at SAP, and and Bo was was a student, uh, was a student, and yeah, very young. I mean, we we grew up together at the end uh, for for many years. Uh, but yeah, we met at at ETH, and uh, as I was saying, like at that time was more like 
um, a B2C product. So if you remember, like, you know, Google Play and Apple App Store, they just got released in 2008. So quite a long time ago, mid of 2008, both. And uh, when, when I started in this space was around 2010, 2011, I think it was 2010. And, you know, very early, there was no web presence of the store. So it was just some very basic apps installed on, on the device. And there was nothing such like app recommendation. It was completely not there. So there were still hundreds or let's say thousands of different apps and it became hundreds of thousands. And there was nothing out there to help, let's say, people or normal users like, like me or my mother or friends to discover apps. So that was the, 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 the big problem at that time. There was no app genius. There was no Google recommendation. There were not even top charts at that time. They were very, very basic, some kind of top chart, but not so sophisticated as it, it is nowadays. And that was, we, 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 we started with, a, with an app called AppAware. So the idea was to, what, uh, to build something like what Facebook did at some point, like a social network around mobile apps. So at that time we could see uh, what people were installing and what uh, my friends were installing, share on the social network. So that was a big idea, but we found out not a bit, not too too far away from that initial idea. Even if it got a lot of traction in terms of downloads, and there were really like uh, hundreds of thousands of users using the, the platform, uh, but we found out that it was very hard to monetize. And it was still the early days of. Um, CPI deals and uh, promotion of apps. So it was very, very early stage. And of course, also the, the money there was a bit, you know, difficult to, to, to monetize with developer paying and ending up on a store that we were not really controlling because we couldn't distribute apps. We were like a meta, meta app store in a way. And uh, what we ended up doing, it was like the, the first step towards a B2B approach was or a full B2B, let's say, uh, <laughs> setup, uh, was to license the recommendation technology. So we were working with manufacturer, uh, you know, game publisher, they have a lot of let's say, game, uh, you know, strategy to distribute games, to, to white label the, the, the technology and uh, allow them to, you know, uh, to reach their own user base uh, to, to distribute mobile games. Uh, this was like a project-based business, so we wanted something more scalable. And mm, around, uh, you know, 2012, also when, when, when Project A uh, decided to, to uh, invest and, and, and help us in, in scaling, uh, we switched towards a more uh, service business where we ended up splitting all the different technology we had and all the different pieces of data we had into microservices so sort of API, and basically this, uh, let's say, made the, the, the company we are nowadays. Of course, in, in a smaller scale at that time, we added a lot of feature. We, we from this microservices API, we built on top a dashboard and we built a lot of services on top, but that was a bit the story. So that's uh, how we, we switched from B2C, uh, let's say, oriented product, even if we licensed that, but still B2C, to a completely B2B solution and um, to help companies in, in the mobile industry. Yeah, so you gradually developed into something what, what, that you would call a solution for app intelligence. Yeah? So, um, and, and the question is really, what, 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 what's behind that term? I mean, you, you kind of co-shaped that, that space and, and kind of uh, uh, what, what are people doing 
with uh, data around uh, uh, apps and what are common use cases, um, who are your clients and who should who should be considering using 42 Matters? Yeah, that, that's a lot of questions. So let's go one by one. So uh, first of all, what is app intelligence? So uh, for me, it's important that uh, to clarify that the app ecosystem is not just Google and Apple. So Google and Apple develop um, you know, uh, an operating system. They have their own app stores, uh, but this is just a piece of the puzzle. Uh, there are other, uh, other stores. There is Amazon, still based on the Android operating system. There is Tencent, very similar, more in the Asia-Pacific uh, region. There are third-party stores. There are uh, manufacturer stores. There are connected TV. They are still on top of Android operating system, at least some of them. So, uh, you know, there are other players, they have their own um, reach, they have their own platform, still on top of an operating system that can be shared, like, like the one of Google. Uh, then there are all the publishers, there are millions of them. Uh, they build uh, mobile apps, again, several millions of them. Like just now, on, on, just on Google Play published, there are three million, more than three million apps. And, uh, you know, in total, there are more than 10 million apps unpublished not available there. So there is also, uh, we'll go through that if you have time later. But again, there are publishers, millions of them developing uh, mobile apps, and there are several million of apps. Then there are the users, there are billions of them, billions, that are downloading apps, uh, using them, reviewing these apps. So writing like review, like you would do on, on Amazon for products they do for, for apps. Uh, then there are uh, who produces the phones. The phones, you know, Apple has a few dozens of devices, uh, for Android is much more fragmented. There are millions of 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 these of these phones, and then we have like uh, vendors, what we call vendors or SDK vendors. They provide uh, solution like analytics platform. One could be Google Analytics, but there are many more messaging hosting solution for mobile apps uh, like Firebase or or other solution monetization. Uh, monetization, there are all the ad network that help developers to make money by showing advertisement. Also part of that, there are uh, game engine and attribution networks. So there are a lot of vendors that help uh, the developers, though the publisher, making these apps, developing. A developer cannot build every single feature. So uh, that's where we come into place. And, you know, that's not just static. This data is changing every day. Uh, so there are Tens of thousands of apps being released. There are millions of data points changing. Think about the top chart in every different country. All the data sources that we need to collect and aggregate. So this is a bit to explain what is the very complex ecosystem of uh, of the mobile mobile space. And this also helps me to define what is app intelligence. So for me, app intelligence is like connecting all these bits and pieces in a meaningful way. So having like uh, like a solution, like a platform, like uh, what we are building at 42 Meters to understand this ecosystem and provide services to use and uh, uh, this data and, uh, and all these points to improve the business of our customer. That's a bit how I see. So again, making sense of all these uh, fragmented and very complex ecosystem. So uh, this, I don't know if you have a question, Florian, but this probably is what I believe is app intelligence, what we provide. And um, you, I think you also asked about use cases. And yeah, exactly. Well, who, are, who are the people using uh, this app intelligence uh, kind of uh, data? 
and 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 what are people doing with it basically or what are typical use cases yeah so uh, as you uh, already probably i mean you already know we're working together since many years now uh, it's very you know there are a lot of different verticals in this in this industry um, what i like to say is that 42 meters provides the building block to build other products on top so um, there are different different companies or different use cases we support. You can think about like brand protection. Uh, think about all car companies or insurances that have apps there or game development company telcos. You know, in every different country, they have different apps, different uh, vendors developing their apps, and they don't. They are not even aware of many apps they have. So, uh, you know, if you search uh, for whatever company. Uh, on our on our platform, you will see that there are probably thousands of different apps. Some of them are the official ones, some of them are, are not. So brand protection or brand safety is, is definitely one topic. Uh, another topic is security. Uh, of course, I, I cannot mention <laughs> which company we work is, you know, security is a very special um, vertical. Uh, but, you know, uh, there are, there is a lot of fraud. There are a lot of apps that uh, don't always follow the proper guidelines and uh, from collecting the data to, uh, you know, doing something that is not really uh, compliant with some vendors. And of course, we, we need to find out. And we help companies in this space to identify uh, apps that might not be, let's say, very safe or appropriate also for a certain audience. Uh, think about gaming or parental control. So there is a lot happening in the security in the security area, uh, of course, uh, we also work with these technology vendors. So, like the companies that develop SDKs to help developers building apps. Uh, you know, if you have an SDK and is integrated by thousand apps, uh, well, still doesn't mean a lot uh, because are these apps in the long tail? So, are you mainly working with apps that have very few downloads, or are you working with the top? thousand apps uh, in the store. So that's, that's very different. If you work with the top thousand apps uh, on, on, on Google Play, for example, you will have uh, probably billions of downloads and you know totally different segments. So reporting is a big topic. And also competitor analysis. You want to see uh, if you're developing an SDK, you want to know if your SDK is gaining traction uh, against your competitor SDK. So are you getting more uh, more apps or more downloads depends what what your metrics are. So we work there also for lead generation. If you target like apps that needs to access the location of a user, these apps needs to to request really the location permission. So we also have to identify. So technology vendors is a big big part, and uh, of course we have some other use cases here and there. But I think a big one is uh, advertisement, and you're very familiar with the with the space, so I'm happy to, to go deeper in that direction. But of course, ad tech uh, is, is a big, big industry. Uh, in mobile, there are many, many things that are changing. And, you know, with, with the release of iOS 14, also Google uh, mentioning something about privacy recently. So there is a lot going on. I'm very excited about the following months because for us, it gives some, uh, some good opportunities. Uh, but in terms of use cases for ad tech, uh, well, uh, you're very familiar with RTB space, Florian. So uh, think about all the apps that generate traffic. And one of the typical use cases is, are those apps generating traffic still published? 
So it sounds crazy, right? And but still, it's not very easy for uh, an ad network to to know if that traffic is generated by an app that has been released today, or maybe an app that cannot be even downloaded anymore from store. Like you know, uh, maybe has been removed from the store for whatever reason, but still generates traffic. And you know, uh, we can detect it, so we know if an app is available or not, when it's been removed from the store, if an app has been updated. And this gives a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, information to, to RTB players to understand if, uh, you know, uh, if that traffic is legit or is good. Uh, or think about if, uh, if in the RTB, um, let's say, message you, you receive latitude and longitude data. And this is from a publisher, from an app that doesn't have access to location, to location permission. So, most times this location is reversed from the IP address, but it's not very precise. It's not what, you know, uh, an advertiser wants to, to target. And we have all these, um, let's say, piece of data to help companies uh, to, to analyze this traffic. Uh, some more sophisticated are doing this in real time. Uh, some other companies, they do whitelisting or blacklisting uh, post or post analysis. So there are a lot of different things there. Uh, another popular use case is the taxonomy, uh, better taxonomy. So, um, you know, the stores have their own taxonomy. They have their own categories, like, let's say, the social category. Um, there are thousands of apps, I think hundreds of thousands of apps in that category. And many of those apps, uh, they have other goals. Think about dating apps. It's not the typical social apps. And the other problem is that these categories are assigned by the developer itself. So once I develop an app, I go to the store, I decide the category I want to be in. And of course, there is a trick there. Uh, if you're a developer, you try to choose a category that is not so densely populated because it's higher to be higher in the rank and get more downloads. So there are some tricks there. Uh, and this is what happened in, in many categories. But of course, think about Tinder. Tinder is, is not a dating app officially. It's a social app. Uh, of course, this is what the developer wants. It's fine. There's nothing, nothing wrong there. But we can apply our own machine learning and uh, categorize apps with our own taxonomy. Actually, we apply the uh, IAB version 2 taxonomy. So it's much more expressive. There are many more categories in the hundreds. So IAB, also for the listener, that's uh, the interactive advertising board. That's kind of the yeah, trade body for the um, international advertising industry, right? So, Correct, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why we chose that? Uh, simply because it's like standard in the industry. We didn't want to come up with yet another taxonomy. There are, there are enough out there. Uh, it's not, let's say, made for mobile, but we, we mapped to mobile. Um, and of course we can detect, you know, if there is the sport category, we can um, classify apps in, other sport like soccer or football or golf. And, you know, this helps uh, also in the ad tech world if you see traffic and you don't know if it's a game or an app or which type of apps, uh, you can apply some, some rules there, especially if you want to do context targeting. Say you want to uh, target all apps in the uh, golf category or running category. There is no running, uh, you know, category on the store. There is a sport category. Well, we enable... Uh, this this context targeting. Um, so, but what, what where do you actually get the, get the data from to to 
do that? I mean, what's what's your sources of data, and and, and how do you work in in the background? Is it possible to get? Do you get the data from Apple or from from Play Store, or how does it work? No, it's not so easy. Actually, uh, if you if we go back a little bit to the the, the 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 app intelligence like ecosystem as I described before, there is no single data source, and that's why is is, is so complex. So uh, you know, apps have their own web presence, their own websites. They distribute on multiple stores, uh, stores themselves, they have top charts, so, you know, um, where they go. And so our apps are, let's say, ranked on those on those platforms. Uh, as I mentioned, there are not only two platforms, there are, let's say, at least dozens of uh, different stores that we, we monitor. Um, we cooperate with uh, partners that sub- submit us third-party data. You know, we need to know... Uh, also very important for the, the ad tech use case, if an app is made used by male or female, this is data uh, that we can onboard with partners. Uh, we don't have user level data, but we know, uh, let's say, app level data. So we know that, I don't know, Clash of Clans is mainly used by, by men, whereas some other apps for some more female oriented, uh, let's say, use cases are mainly used by females. So, and then we can use all this data to do estimates. So, for example, downloads you you will not find anywhere out there. Uh, you cannot find um, that you know uh, Microsoft Teams had uh, a huge growth of downloads during COVID. This is not publicly available. We have to we have estimates that calculate this based on number of different signals. So, is um, last but not least, the SDK uh, we need to download ourselves the apps. So, you know, it's uh, a combination of many, many different data sources that we need to aggregate every day. The data is changing every day and we need to expose in, in a meaningful way. So I think my team and uh, it's very uh, busy throughout the, 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 the year to aggregate, process the data, clean the data and prepare for our customer. That's the, the role we have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, and that's basically also the, the value that you bring, right? Identifying the suitable data sources and, and combining them in a meaningful way uh, in a constantly changing kind of environment. That's kind of uh, the main reason why you guys exist and, and are able to charge. Basically. Correct, and, and, and we guarantee the quality. So we, we make sure that, uh, you know, there is one thing you cannot do it. You cannot go back in time. So if you lose today, uh, unfortunately, we cannot recreate the data. So, uh, and that's what we guarantee. We make sure that uh, the system is always up and running, that we collect the right sources of data in the right way, we process in the right way, and we expose. And, and that is not something that you say, well, let's, let me do it tomorrow. Uh, we have a problem today, we can fix it. Because if we miss some data point or some changes that happen today, tomorrow is too late. Tomorrow we will find other data points, but uh, you know, we try and uh, to keep, as high quality as possible. And um, yeah, so that's a bit of the, the, the USP or the, 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 the key uh, of, of what it matters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what would be great um, if, we, if we could talk a little bit about the, the, the current state of the, the app ecosystem. Yeah, I mean, once obviously, I mean, is, is uh, Google Play still 
basically the the most used app store worldwide and and with most apps and and apple is, is smaller but higher monetizing and are there are there any other like uh, insights that you can provide on the current app ecosystem i mean is is um can can, can you basically infer that the app is going is, is not going away but but kind of progressive web apps are kind of replacing native apps things things like that i mean it would be great if you could share uh, because i guess there's very few people that have as good insights as you guys have on, yeah. on what's Yeah. Sure. No, I mean, even here, this huge topic, I'll try to, 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 to speak not, not too much here, even if I could for, for days. Uh, but yeah, what, what's the current status of, of the App Store app ecosystem? So uh, you mentioned briefly, um, Google still has the, the biggest presence. So, I mean, Google uh, works on a number of different platforms. It's not just iOS uh, uh, and Apple developing this. There are many, many uh, device manufacturers that are embracing uh, the Android operating system. It pre-installed uh, Google Play, so that's why also they get the, the, the most of the traction. So if you see uh, the number of apps, you know, as I mentioned, um, there are 3.3 million, I think, as of today, uh, more than 10 million unpublished. So there is a lot of volatility in Google Play, probably because it's much easier to develop an app and release an app without going through all the review process of, of Apple. Google does something there, but it's a bit easier. Uh, also, maybe Apple refuses more apps. Uh, Google is a bit more free. Again, 3 million apps published, 3.3, more than 10 million unpublished in the past. So that's great volatility and great data for us. And so that's, that's, that's very good. Uh, so still, uh, number of downloads, massive on, on, on Google overall. Um, the, the interesting thing is, even if Apple has less apps, Uh, around 1.7 million. Um, still, the, 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 the you know most of the money. They say uh, like an average user spends about two times uh, what is what an average user on Google Play spends. Uh, you know, so big difference there. Uh, still uh, more uh, let's say lucrative the, the Apple system. I mean, probably higher uh, entry barrier for the devices. So you need to pay more to have one device. Is probably Uh, you need also to put, I mean, now it's changed. You don't need to put a credit card right away, but I mean, it's easier, let's say, to probably buy on Apple still. I will say uh, Google improved a lot, but as a user experience, I think still uh, Apple has probably easier uh, to, to do that or to incentivize users to, to buy for apps. Uh, so that's a bit the difference there, uh, I would say. Um, so to summarize, uh, Google still uh, the de facto Uh, let's say player uh, in terms of uh, number of devices and number of, of, of downloads, uh, but Apple still were doing very, very good in terms of monetization, especially for developers. Um, what's happening also on the, on, on, on the, the, the ecosystem? There, as I mentioned, there, there is not just Google and Apple, there is Amazon. They have also a lot of apps, of course. Uh, all these other stores you need to install yourself. So it's a bit harder for, for a user to be aware and to really go through the hassle to, you know, to take the, the, the installation file, put on your phone. It's not so super easy. So you might find in some devices pre-installed that's, that's good, especially device manufacturer like Samsung, they have their own store uh, that also has some good traction. Um, so in terms of, uh, of stores, uh, this is a bit more the, the, the setup at the moment. Uh, of course, what's also happening 
Uh, I think two, two main things nowadays. Uh, one is the, the coronavirus part uh, that, of course, impacted a lot. The, the, let's say I would say the usage and adoption of mobile apps. So you see that, uh, especially in the last six months, apps, uh, especially in the communication sector, they gain massive amount of downloads. Uh, Zoom uh, nowadays is around 600,000 downloads only on Google Play per day. So it's really skyrocketing, really a lot. Uh, House Party was a big, big app that I remember it has like maybe 200, 300 downloads when we initially checked uh, some time ago. It, it got 50 million downloads just in a few months, I think March, April. So really, really massive growth there. Uh, I was impressed. I was using myself House Party with some friends in Italy and I was impressed about the, the scalability of the servers because, you know, it's not for everyone to to jump from really few few users to millions in a matter of weeks and and support and that was was good quality. So I was was personally impressed about that. And of course, also Microsoft Team. I mean, from fifty thousand downloads to three hundred thousand per day, also massive growth. Uh, dating apps, we also see uh, increase there. Probably people staying home, more opportunity to chat, meet new people. Uh, streaming services like Netflix, home workout. Really, really a lot of uh, growth there. Uh, of course, people staying home. Uh, there are also some apps that decline. They went, you know, down in the terms of, of downloads. Think about Airbnb, Uber, uh, real estate apps. You know, not much need at the moment. Uh, so in general, the travel. Uh, what is interesting, we see also food delivery apps. Uh, they don't get massive amount of downloads, but they get more usage. So, you know, more uh, active users. And probably this is because, well, you stay home, you, you get more food delivered. And uh, but still not massive expansion as it, it happened with communication platform or other, other sector there. And I think this is, you know, what has been driven by this, let's say, outside variable like the, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, couldn't really predict much there, but uh, that, that's what, what happened there. Of course, you're familiar, CPM dropped massively. Uh, so monetization, even, even though there are much more uh, impressions, and that's the interesting part, you know, many developers complain. And even there are many more impressions that the CPM overall went down. And yeah, why that? Well, there are a number of different cases. I'm sure you know better, but uh, that's that, that what happened. So more impression. Still, CPM didn't went down. So revenue more or less the same, I would say. Uh, depends also there on the sector, but um, they didn't skyrocket. And the last point that I think is very interesting is also the, the privacy. I mean, this is a news of last week. You know, uh, Apple released iOS 14. There are a number of different things that happened there. Uh, you know, there's this big thing about IDFA, so the, the counterpart of advertising ID on Google. So officially call it IDFA, but the advertising ID, we can, we can call it for simplicity. And, uh, you know, it will be opt-in everywhere. Uh, so I know that for, um, let's say, attribution, attribution tracking uh, will be still possible probably. Um, uh, basically, as it is right now, it seems that Apple will intercept kind of the, this referral or what happened in, in, uh, when, when you install an app and then uh, send this referral directly to the ad network, right? So that, that's a bit how it happens without sending any 
per PII data, so person identifying information of the user. This, this would not be there. So no email, no advertising ID, nothing. Uh, so this means you can still track at the campaign level, it seems, but you cannot do like use level attribution or other things. That, that, that seems how it is at the moment. So uh, it's a bit different from what Google does. With Google, it's still possible uh, to get the advertising ID. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, nobody knows. It's very interesting. Uh, I think for attribution will still be possible. Uh, it would be interesting to know what will happen for targeting. So uh, because there you need the advertising ID, uh, opt-in, someone claims will be around 8 to 10%. I just read some numbers, so yeah, uh, so very, very low. Uh, so that's why I think that probably some context targeting would be interesting to explore. Um, and that's something that probably we will do in the future to, to evaluate how our data can be, can be used for, for that. And we have all this information like gender, age, uh, you know, segments uh, of, let's say, interest of Mm, uh, the audience of an app, think about uh, Runtastic or, or Spotify, we see they are very highly correlated. I mean, you go running, track your activities, listen to music. It makes totally sense. This, uh, this data is something we have. So uh, what are the best apps to target uh, like a sport app? Well, probably music apps could be a good proxy, right? If you cannot target by user. This is something that uh, is changing the industry. And what I find very interesting is also the, the, the um, Apple is coming up with something like the, you know, logging with Apple, signing with Apple, I think they call. Okay. So like their own version of Facebook Connect or Google. Google All right. Google. The difference is that the, the publisher, uh, you know, with Facebook and Google, you get the who signed it. Yeah, you get the email address. You can get that. Uh, at least unless they, they change something. But with Apple, the publisher will only see, or the developer will only see a random email. That is, let's say, is a pro Apple will be in the middle, and they will uh, generate random emails. And uh, of course, you get the notification to your original email, uh, but Apple will be the man in the middle. Uh, so of course, for privacy, will they read or not? This I don't know, but let's say it's a good thing for the user. Uh, for the publisher, of course, this means they cannot collect this email. So uh, they can still contact, but think about creating lookalike on Facebook or Google. I mean, you will not be able to, to take these emails and create a lookalike, you know, if this gets uh, very, let's say, um, it's popular method for signing in. But since you are, I mean, for iOS user probably will be, I mean, you are on the platform, you already log in, uh, you just need to click a button and you're automatically in the app, right? That, you don't even need to think if you have a Google or Facebook, you have it because you just downloaded an app via Apple App Stores, so you're signing in. So that would be very, very, very popular, probably. It will not work on, on Google unless Google does something similar. But yeah, th these are the interesting things that, that will, will happen. And Google already did something. I mean, there is like some uh, rumor, some uh, change log that in Android 11, so the next version of the operating system of Google, they will remove a lot of uh, access to the operating system. So, you know, you will not be able to, to see which apps are installed or uh, other information about the user. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the future with a different release of the operating system, something in that direction will happen. Uh, the main difference since you ask also what is the, the nice, Facts 
about the, the, the stories is that the adoption of a new version of operating system for Apple is crazy. It's very, very high. So I think around 80, 90% of the phones runs on the latest version of iOS. So it's very, very high. So when Apple releases iOS 14, if it's compatible with iOS, with also old phones like uh, the 6S or something in this direction, there will be very, very high uh, adoption of this operating system. On Android, it's completely the opposite. I think the latest version, Android 10, that is already out since uh, quite some time, only 10, 10% maybe have it. So of course, it's different requirement, different manufacturer needs to, you know, customize for Apple is a bit easier probably. They need just to check on, let's say five devices. Google will need to try or the manufacturer on thousands of devices. So it's harder, but that's the, the split. So even if Google adds uh, some 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 uh, new feature there, uh, still not everyone will benefit or will be a bit different. Of course, Google has like a let's say pocket, like a like a like a magic uh, let's say weapon in their hands. Uh, what is called Google Services, so they can still release to everyone new features even without oper- uh, distributing a new version of the operating system. It depends what they do, uh, but you know I- I'm very excited to see how this let's say direction into the privacy goes. Uh, I'm very supportive of that and uh, will be very excited to see also how we can, of course, help uh, our customer um, better understand the space once they uh, some of these things get into in place. Yeah, uh, it sounds like you need, definitely need some some guidance on uh, on navigation as a, as a publisher or help in, in navigating all these kind of issues. Um, and, and that's definitely... Uh, it's it's not getting lo- less complex, it seems. Yeah, so that's good for you. That's that's true. That that, that that's definitely true. Um, like probably to finish this up, I mean, do you do you have any recommendations for for app developers uh, today or for publishers to put it more general? Um, um, is it still state of the art or best practice to basically have a native app and have a desktop app in parallel? Would you would you recommend to 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 people that want to get presence um, to to directly jump into a progressive web app kind of um, um, uh, technology or approach um, uh, to cover both? Uh, what, what do you see with like the most yeah successful people on the app store? Can you mm-hmm. can you give us some insight there? Yeah. So. I'm highly biased uh, as a developer myself. I love native apps. I think their responsiveness and the, the user experience is much better. But uh, there are uh, new things uh, that are popping up in the market. Um, and uh, of course, we see based on the data that if you want to develop a game, Unity is the de facto uh, game engine. To develop a game and they also provide an ad network optimized for games so you have all the uh, the pieces to, to to build like a great game so uh you, i wouldn't go with any let's say uh, google or apple proprietary uh, engines i mean let's say unity is the de facto place for, for if you're building a game uh, there are other solutions of course uh, i think there is unreal engine also to support something that but you know unity it's massive. Uh, and as I said, they have a great ecosystem themselves to, to develop. Uh, if you build like what I could call normal apps, even there, there are different, very different paradigms. 
uh, you can build native. I'm very supportive of native. Um, Google, both Google and Apple are introducing, I, I know the name of Apple is AppCard. So like micro version of apps. So you don't need to install the app itself. Uh, you have, you install a sort of lightweight version of the app. One of the example is if you have a EV car, like an electric vehicle, and you go to one of these charging stations, of course, the problem is every time you need to install an app, log in there and do the things uh, with every single one. Uh, with uh, the combination of these Apple sign-in and, uh, and app cards, you will just need to, let's say, it looks like a website you can think about. It's, you, it loads instantly. You can log in with the login you want and, and directly do the payment. So it's a micro version of the card. Uh, should be, but of course, this is more like, again, you need to probably develop the both version for Google and for Apple itself. If you want to, let's say, have one solution that rule them all, uh, probably Flutter is, is a good solution. I think it's from Google. Um, you can use that as a meta coding uh, to develop apps that they look quite native and quite good on both platforms. Uh, what we see is that um, it's not that you use these and you are safe for everything. If you want to use some, uh, let's say, native technology for the two different for the two main, let's say, operating system, you still need to do some probably native coding or some interfaces there to implement something more special, I would say. But you could use, uh, let's say, uh, Flutter to, for the main part and then uh, do some native implementation for other, let's say, feature of your app. I think this is also what, what what's happening with some apps. I mean, not so many. We see around 40,000, 50,000 apps uh, on Google using this. I will need to check for... For, for iOS, uh, but I would assume similar because I mean, this is the, the goal of, of, the, of the platform, of the, the sorry, the, the, this, uh, this SDK or this, this let's say, solution to, uh, to code. Uh, there are always the old web view as well. Uh, there are also companies that do that. They, they create like the scaffold to, to, of the app uh, with the main features and then use web views to, to let's say, navigate or operate. So, uh, and then there is the last thing. I'm not familiar with Google, uh, what will happen there, but uh, probably you heard that Apple is coming with his universal app. Uh, they are now releasing um, new uh, chip, new processor, uh, what is Apple Silicon something, and they're going to have these uh, running on their new computer and will be able to emulate or run native iOS apps and uh, iPad apps on on the Mac. So uh, suddenly, I mean, also for us, more exciting, there will be more apps also on desktop computer, probably will also happen on Apple TV. Uh, so even there, what that will happen, can you use meta languages like Flutter or other to develop also a universal app for Apple? I, I don't know, uh, but it's very interesting, very exciting. Uh, but yeah, uh, Apple will do something also in that direction to run apps. Uh, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the, I mean, not next year, but in a few years, uh, you, will you will develop, especially for Apple, one version of the app that runs across all their ecosystems. So Mac OS, uh, iOS, iPad OS, uh, TV OS, uh, it will happen. Uh, will be easy? Probably not. It will happen probably in, uh, in, in some years from now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but if you think about it, I mean, the 
the iPhone is just like a little more than 10 years old. So I guess uh, in 10 more years, uh, if it's like 20 years of, of like really the smartphone being out there um, and then you finally integrated all that views, that would be quite an achievement. Yeah. So, okay. But very exciting that you, you shared all that insight with us. Um, thanks a lot. And um, I think it will be some, some really useful and, and actionable advice for, for people that want to navigate in that space. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys uh, are doing that on a day-to-day -day basis, and it, and I think it shows just a level of complexity that that's involved uh, to be be present uh, in, in the best possible way in that in that space. And I think you got that across really, really well. Um, if our listeners have any questions uh, to Andrea or to me, you can just uh, email us at, at podcast at project. Um, uh, dash a dot com, um, and we'll pass it on to Andrea um, uh, to 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 get some insight from him. If you have any recommendations, uh, who we should uh, speak to or what we should cover, more than open to to hear from you as well. Uh, and otherwise, we hope you had an enjoyable uh, uh, 45 minutes uh, with with Andrea and and me, and uh, some insightful and interesting 45 minutes. And uh, hope to hear you soon in the next uh, Project Air podcast. Thanks a lot. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating.